Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. So, Derek, uh, been a bit of a long week here, getting a few things done. Uh, hasn't been the best of week work-wise, and whatnot. just been overly busy. But, hey, we're talking paddling again, so that makes things all better. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Good. Good. Glad you agree with Getting me. Getting back into the thick of it. That's right. That's my opinion, and you're entitled to it. This this is my favorite time of year for paddling, for canoeing, for being outdoors. And it's always been traditionally the... Uh, I always save my trips for this time of year because of the bugs. There are none. Well, actually... It's supposed to be none. I've, I've read some feedback by a few people who've come out of the backcountry. Uh, um, Passionate Paddler, he mm-hmm. came back, he said... It's the worst he's experienced, or one of the worst. He like black flies and oh, but, yeah. no seams, and he said it was horrible. And it's like, oh no, it's this time of year. You're not supposed to have it. Yeah, I've been on October trips before, and there's been some bugs out and stuff like that. And um, yeah, you're thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, I mean, as well, you're we're it's, walking around in a t-shirt and shorts too. Yes. It's mid-October, but it's know. been a, it's been a crazy year for for. Uh, Hatches of uh, mosquitoes and black flies and well, the weather's and... been all over the board too, yeah. right? So it makes it tough. We haven't had a real decent dry out in the backcountry to uh, give a good kill off and stop the hatchings. Yeah. So well, we'll just see what happens. It's not going to stop me from going out. No, it won't stop me either. But it just means that I'm I'm just going to be uh, cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be cranky in my bug shirt. Yeah, I'll have to in drink September, more. September, October. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Well, you know, we could talk winter camping. We could talk about that. Particularly the first. Now, are you supposed to say annual because it's the first? It would still be that. Yeah, they say ah, it's the, the first, first annual, annual Ontario, Ontario winter, winter camping, camping symposium. symposium. Ooh, you like that? It's <laughs> like <good>. in stereo. <laughs> Brought to you by Snow Trekker Tents. Uh, Saturday, November 25th, the Theatre of the Arts in the University of Waterloo. A bunch of paddlers that we know, uh, one of them being David Bain, who organizes the um, Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium. They got together and they discussed, well, you know what, Like, why don't we have something in the winter? Because paddlers do do stuff in the winter up here in the Great White North. Uh, I know down in like Florida, some of our listeners in, in you know the southern states and... And well, out, out west. They can do it year round. They can do it year round. But water's hard for in that, the winter here. Yeah. It's, it's the hard water season. <laughs> it's the hard water season up here in Canada. Uh, so they decide, what do, what do we do? And I mean, we've even done a show on this is what do we do during the winter? And a lot of people actually take up winter camping. Um, I've done it a few times. I don't go out of my way to do it, but I do enjoy getting out there. I, 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 like, I like doing a lot of winter Stuff outdoors, camping, maybe not the my favoritist. Yeah. Favoritist? Favorite. <laughs> I invent words. I don't care. I used to go out of my way for it. I Things got busy at work and I kind of got out of the practice over the last four or five years, but I'm slowly getting back into it. And like just in the last two years, mm-hmm. I've bought three winter camping stoves and one winter camping tent. I'm, I was looking at building one, but, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that I, I, right now I have one of those huge 10 man bell army tents yep. and I tell you, it is not one that you'd put in a toboggan. It's it, I can, I can lift it alone, but it, it's, uh, it's not something that I'm going to tow into the backcountry. It's, yeah. uh, like, uh, I remember Marcus Rubino, he had a, uh, five man bell yep. army tent yeah. and that, that's, that's portable enough that you could drag it in a tent. It's still heavy. It is still heavy, but it fits on a sled. Yeah. We, we went camping and uh, we were just off Canoe Lake in Algonquin Park. We took that tent and we hit a couple of hills. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> It's a lot God. of work. Trying to get up those hills, you're slipping, you're sliding, and you got this big tent and gear and stove and everything in this, and you're just trying to pull it up this hill and you're, yeah. you can't get any traction. And, oh, what a pain in the butt. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people that are getting into it and it's becoming yes. more popular. Well, um, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been looking at upgrading my tent. Mm-hmm. I keep looking at these lightweight uh, Egyptian cotton canvas tents, white, and it's like I, I keep dreaming of buying one, but they're expensive. But maybe this is the year I buy one. I don't know. Egyptian cotton. Is that good for winter camping? It's very tight weave. It stops the water from getting through, It's uh, but it's, it's not waterproof. It's not the water you need to worry about. It's the cold. 
Well, that's why I have a wood stove. You got it's three just, of them. It's just a heavy canvas, right? <laughs> Is it a heavy canvas? Yeah. It's a heavy, yeah, heavy I've, canvas. I've never, I've never really did a big, I mean, I grew up in the military and I know military tents. The only thing I don't like about them is they always seem to be the dark green. Yes. And they're so dark and dingy exactly. inside, it, right? It, it, it doesn't matter if it's noon or midnight. It's like the same it's the same. Oh, inside. Yeah. You wouldn't know until you stick your head yeah. out, the, out the door. So I want one of these nicer tents. Well, they are going to talk. Um, they've got six, six speakers already. Yes. And uh, actually, some, some quite good speakers there. Jim Baird, a.k.a. Jim Baird the Adventurer. Everybody knows him lately from uh, Alone. Yep. One of the winners, him and his brother Ted uh, winning Alone. Kevin Callan, the Happy Camper. David Lee, the Passionate Paddler. Martin Pine, a.k.a. Pine Martin. Uh, he's an experienced winter shelter builder and crown land camper. And you got Marion and Dwayne Sontag, the camping family. And Tierney, I think it's Tierney Angus. And she's a journalism student, canoe enthusiast, all-season backcountry camper, friends of Tomogamy board member, a granola-munching, recycle-sandaled-wearing, tree-hugging, long-haired hippie freak, <laughs> insufferable beer snob, and cooks most everything in bacon fat. That's <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite the description. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Won't fit that on a business card. <laughs> so they do have uh, some good speakers uh, to speak at this thing. Uh, tickets $15 to $50, depending, or I guess it would be 10 bucks because youths are $10. $15 a person, or you can do a family of two adults, three kids for, for 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, all that's online at Eventbrite. Uh, you can check that information out. But it's definitely something there. Like I say, they're trying to get this off the ground to sort of help with... Well, in no end of November before Christmas and all that, just sort of a get ready for the winter camping and everything and get you into the swing of it from sort of that break from canoe tripping to winter camping, right? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, Saturday, November 25th, uh, Theater of the Arts, University of Waterloo in Waterloo. Make sure you're there. Uh, I'm sure tickets will go pretty quick. Especially since this is the first one, everybody's eager to find out what it's all about. I'm expecting that tickets are going to sell it pretty quick. I'm thinking so. So I'll be buying mine probably within the next day or so. Um, yeah, Snow Trekker Tents, mancamping.ca sponsor, Outland Supply Company sponsoring, Canadian Outdoor Equipment Company's a sponsor, Whiskey Jack Outdoor Company, Quality Handcrafted Outdoor Equipment, uh, their sponsor, Boreal Mountain Anoraks Incorporated. I'm not sure what they do, but they're... Uh... Anorak, that's the white uh, winter coat. If you look at the picture oh, of Kevin Callan and... Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's what he's wearing. It's an Anorak. Okay. Well, they're a sponsor. Empire Woolen Canvas Company are a sponsor. And Sea Sawyer Run, Gear for Dogs. They're a sponsor as well. Um, so there's going to... Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely going to take off. That's for sure. But we'll be there. We're, we're going to check it out. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm going. Yeah. and uh, I'm not going to miss it. I might even let you drive in my truck with me and I'll take you there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go. We'll uh, hopefully see everybody there. We'll uh, check that out and uh, go to Ontario, yeah, Ontario, Ontario Winter Camping.ca. I had to remember what that was. Uh, OntarioWinterCamping.ca and you can check out all the information on, on this, the event that's coming up and definitely worth uh, checking it out. Oh, absolutely. Um, and speaking of other cold stuff, you were talking about a polar row? Yes. Some event people did or uh, expedition? I came across this. Uh, originally, I saw it on the, in the New York Times, you know, in all my spare time I have at work. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly a financial <laughs> page section of the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> me, me and my multi-dollar company. Yes. <laughs> so there's uh, the, uh, this group of uh, six rowers. Uh, they, uh, these guys got together. It uh, took a few years of, of planning and organizing and, and I, I didn't even hear about it until after it was all said and done when, when the, uh, store started hitting the newspapers and, and, uh, the interwebs and stuff. So this, uh, group of rowers, they paddled 600 miles in nine days, which is like, well, that's a lot of rowing, but it's where they rowed. So they were rowing north of Iceland. This is a very northern type of uh, of trip, and so they did six hundred miles in nine days, and uh, it, it's just incredible to f to think about 
the uh, the environment that they would have had to paddle in. Ice like, and water. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, this is uh, it's kind of a scary kind of situation that, they, that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they... Uh, they did it. They so they expected to beat twelve world records doing this this row, right? Yeah. And uh, they they did run in some trouble. They, they they had a lot of overcast skies. They ran out of battery power, so a lot of their instruments they were they were dead reckoning steering, just uh, compass and and whatnot, because they lost all equipment because of loss of power. Because well, they got to go to old school, right? That's what they, they handheld. <laughs> that's what they ended up doing. And, See, yeah. there's at some point, and I mean, I've been in a, a couple of situations where your old time you need, skills, yeah. you need. Dead reckoning. Yeah. 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 As the crow flies. So anyways, their solar panels, they, uh, they there was not, wasn't enough sunshine to power their gear and keep the batteries charged. So they ended up, uh, they got stranded on an island and it's weird to see, to think about, oh, well, they got stranded. How could they get stranded? This It was very well organized, but what it was is... They, where they landed, the island they landed on, there was, it's no landing area. They, no planes were allowed to come in and land. So they had to wait for a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's, that's the only drawback for, and that's why they got stranded. But it's a, uh, it's a, it's a super interesting expedition that these guys planned. They, uh, they, the, it's what it, uh, it's, it's a weird looking rowboat. It's all fiberglass yeah. construction. Well, you know and, what? It's, it's. I find in these people that are doing the stand-up paddleboard, the kayaking, and the rowing... A lot of the same designs. Thing, they're almost the same yeah. designs. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, so they aimed to break 12 records. They ended up be- making uh, 11 records, world records. They departed Tromso, Norway on July 20th with uh, six rowers. 600 miles later on the island of Svalbard, they switched out crews and reached the ice shelf and then turned south for Iceland. Uh, 10 days later, about 680 miles, they uh, found another remote island, and this is where their navigational equipment became powerless. They got to the island, and uh, at that time, they had set 11 records. Mm-hmm. So it was... Uh, it's. But it's, a lot of the records they were setting were um, farthest north road. Yep. Farther, or most for, distance. Most distance. Farthest north road by six people. Uh, far or first time road in the Arctic Ocean, yeah. first time road across the Barren Sea. So it's yeah, yeah it's a yeah. lot of very unique. It's records. a lot of yeah, unique first time so, type yeah. of records, right? Yeah, it's like I ate six lollipops. Record, nobody ever ate six before. So it's it's kind of yeah. I mean nothing to 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 poo poo. No, about. I don't. I mean, it's yeah, pretty and, cool. And I don't mean to poo poo it, but it's uh, it's they're, they're world records because like nobody's no ever, one's done it before. Nobody's ever thought of doing it before. Well, people have probably thought <laughs> of doing it before, but you know, some people just think, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's one of those here. Hold my beer and watch these moments. Yes, exactly. But it's it is quite the achievement, and uh, some of the things that were. I don't know, I guess noteworthy is, uh, like, for the most part in all their uh, their photos that they have, they show them barehanded. But one of the guys, he said that his gloves, he, he wore these gloves that got wet and they stayed wet. And so for over a period of hours and days, these wet gloves that he always had on his hands, oh, the pictures of his hands Oh, were that was horrible. nasty. So he's got blisters. He's got the worst dis- picture, dishpan hands Picture I've ever your seen. dishpan hands inflated. Yes, and oh. with blisters. And, oh, they, they, he looked like he had skin gloves on. They did not look like his hands. They, was, they looked like nasty. skin, like like a, some sort of prop that you'd see in a uh, a movie makeup yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think I've, it might have been better just to go barehanded or something because the rowing itself would keep you warm, I would think. Yeah, but I don't, I think it's because it's cold, right? Yeah. It, it, they would keep your hands. Well, you need better gloves then. That's what I'm, th- <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get, and you get that salt water yeah. that soaks right in and stays in. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nasty. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, So yeah, so it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting expedition. It's interesting to see that people are still, there's, there, we're still in this day and age, still finding things to extend humans reach and extend what we're capable of when it comes to the physical part of it. Like, you know, there's always records being broken around the world, but mm-hmm. this is, this is a, it's another unique one. And they did it by human power. They were rowing, sort of like paddling, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, it's a, it's, I found it very interesting when I saw this. 
just the well, human effort that goes into something like this. Yeah, and uh, the people that went on this too, you're talking people from the US, from the UK, Norway, Iceland, and India. Yeah, India, I like, know. <laughs> so, I, that's, that's the one that kind of, you know, you just picture the guy waking up thinking, you know what? I've had enough of this hot country. <laughs> I'm heading to Norway and, and paddling north, right? Uh, but yeah, so they no, so they all got together and they, they planned it out and tried the best they can. And, hey, you know what? Sometimes that's all you could do. Yeah. 11 out of 12 records. That's nothing that's to be That's not a, too bad. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, he says, I guess at the end they said they're, they might try it again or an even bigger route. Oh, okay. Right? So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But interesting to see if there's a Polar Row Part 2. Oh, could be interesting. Could be. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk for the rest of the show about kayaking. It is our kayaking episode. It's our kayaking. And it's just not your regular kayaking episode. We're going to talk to you about weird things that people <laughs> invented for the kayak. The weird, the that wild. That you've never seen. We're going to talk about... Bit of about a religion when it comes to kayaking. Yes, yes. And we're going to talk about um, kayaking in general. Why kayaking is better than canoeing. (laughs) (laughs) That one's going to hurt. And then at the end, if we've got time, Derek and I are going to tell each other the top five places that we would actually go kayaking, that we would love to take a kayak to. Yeah. So we'll be right. If we had one. If we had one. (laughs) Yeah. I know a guy. <laughs> Did I tell you a story about the guy I know I met? Do you ever need a cannon? Do you actually need a working cannon? I've heard the story. I know a guy. <laughs> you know I a got guy. a guy that can build you a cannon, buddy. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit wrvoradio.com online. Welcome back. As we said, this is going to be a bit of a kayak episode because we don't talk enough about kayaking. Yeah, people have been complaining. <laughs> yeah, oh, they complain. Let them complain. Let them eat cake. <laughs> so let's start off with six things we have learned about kayaks. I think six things we learned? Yeah. Number one. Have I learned that much? Maybe. Did you know the name kayak means hunter's boat? As kayaks were originally invented by the Inuit. Yes. Now you know, if you didn't before. (laughs) Now you know the rest of the story. Now you know. They're made of seal or other animal skin stretched over wood or whalebone. Kayaks were very quiet, which made them ideal for sneaking up on prey. Well, the the material they'd be made out of, like, like it's skins and hides, right? Yeah, because that's all they had. Yeah, and and so it it would be super quiet. Yeah. Or and they have to use bones because, as we all know, there's not too many trees up there. Tr- well, they cut them all down. That's why. <laughs> you looked at me like you almost <laughs> believed me. No, not that I believe you. I looked at you like that. It's like, are you off your crock? <laughs> but makes you think, if they covered a kayak in seal skins mm-hmm. and it's zipping across the surface, would it not sound like a seal? Just an odd-shaped big seal? No, it would be hollow. A hollow seal? <laughs> You'd think they get attacked by killer whales more often. Maybe. <laughs> but they've got harpoons. Yes. I mean, that's how they yeah. lured them in. Yeah. Oh, sneaky. So they had the first method of streamlining a craft. Mm-hmm. Now we put golf ball dimples on stuff. Back then they put seal fur and skin on it. Super fast. Super. If you could just paint them red, they'd be even faster. Oh, but then their insurance rates would have gone up. <laughs> Uh, number two, kayak and received the honor of Olympic status when it became an official Olympic sport at the Summer Olympics in Berlin, Germany. That was a long time ago. That's, 36 is when they, that was the, they banned, they, they banned it? They, no, or they, they boycotted. boycotted. Is that the boycott year? I think that was boycott year. So the kayaks came out in the boycott year? I'm guessing. Huh. Way back then. Number three. Kleppers, also known as two-man kayaks, have been used in special missions of insertion or extraction by the U.S. Marines, British Commandos, and the Canadian Special Operations Forces Command during war. Well, I did not know that. Now you know. I should read these notes beforehand sometimes. You, you think? 
The country with the most <laughs> Olympic medals in kayaking is Hungary. Really? Yeah, really. It says so. It's on the internet. It's got to be true. Huh. The world record for the most kayaks ever to raft up together is 1,902 kayaks. Wow. Happened in Inlet, New York in 2011. That was recent. Yeah. So when they're doing the uh, lift locks, canoes in the lift, in that, in the lift lock. What was it this year? How many did they have? Was it 260 or something? It was a lot. That was a lot. It was a big number. Yeah, but it was nowhere near 1,900. They did it last year. They felt they could, there was more room for more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They definitely broke last year's record by a big shot. Yeah. uh, Hmm. 1,902 kayaks. That's a lot of kayaks. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one, the first person to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a kayak was 29-year-old World War I vet, France, France, France? France, Romer. Romer. In 1928, the German-born kayaker left Lisbon, Portugal, and traveled 4,000 miles to arrive in Puerto Rico. Wow. Yeah, that's probably what he said. So I, he must have had, that was, uh, oh, 1928. I was going to say they must have had some kind of support system, but 1928? Yeah, he had boats and he had, you know, like planes and he had... Shut up. <laughs> no, but like that's, back in 1928, that's, yeah. that is a huge feat. Yeah. It's not like you have a GPS or anything. You're no. like, you're reading the stars. You're, it's like compass and really bad maps and Wow. 4,000 kilometers worth, or sorry, 4,000 miles worth. Yeah, that's incredible. Isn't it? Huh. So those are six most avid kayakers may not know the six interesting facts about their favorite sport. Huh. Now, now we all know. Now we all know. Next, we're going to talk religion. Oh, yes, here we go. The patron, patron saint of kayaking. kayaking. Yes. So there's possibly two of them. Uh, the first one being Pope John Paul II, because he was quite the avid kayaker. In 1949, before coming Pope, John Paul II was introduced to kayaking while he was still working at St. Florian Parish, which is located in Krakow, Poland. Paul's love for kayaking increased to an extent that he decided to buy his own klepper, uh, which is the two one, a folding kayak. He used his folding kayak on vacations to enjoy himself. Well, at the parish, John Paul would also use the kayak for meditation retreats. He would travel to different places across water to meditate the word of God. What made him stand out from other patron saints is that he was very competent and skilled at kayaking. So I guess all the rest of the saints just sucked at it. (laughs) I don't know. But the one that seems to hold the most sway... Is hold the most water? Yeah, hold the most water. Oh, I saw what you did there. <laughs> You've been hanging around me too, way too long now. Uh, Saint Innocent of Alaska, one of the most famous patron saints of kayaking. Born as John... Don't Venia, even try. <laughs> Veniaminov? Vienimov. Vienimov. Vienimov? Yeah. Sure. Uh, in 1797... Uh, St. Innocent of Alaska always had a dream of becoming a priest while he was still a child. He also developed a penchant for kayaking. For many years, St. Innocent would travel from his country, Siberia, to the present-day Alaska by kayak. Okay, that's a bit of a trip. Mm -hmm. So much for just going on a lake and meditating. Mm -hmm. This made him more popular. Many people respected him because of his exceptional skills as, as in paddling kayak. He often traveled to different destinations to administer the word of God to people by use of kayak. It is for this reason that the Russian Orthodox Church decided to honor him by canonizing him on the 6th of October 1977, which made him a saint. Mm-hmm. Many lobby groups have been pushing churches to give him the title of Patron Saint of Kayaking. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> you thought I was kidding you, didn't you? No, I You just, thought I was BSing you. Unfortunately, I just find some of this silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. And if you want to get sillier. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. Weird inventions for the kayak that went 
nowhere. <laughs> and it's clearly understandable why these things didn't go anywhere. At the beginning, you would think, well, maybe. But then you start looking at them and thinking, yeah, maybe not. Such a bad idea. What a bad idea. The first one. I can't believe people got patents issued on these things. Well, I guess you make a... a contraption. Uh, make it. What is it? Uh, a prototype. Yeah. And you hand it into the patent office and they look at you and go... Okay. Whatever. Well, I guess the you toilet your paper, paper roll is patented, and, right? Yeah, I guess. It is. I should have just put for that. directions on it. And which you know way it rolls how it over. Is, it, they do. They it's, <laughs> it rolls off the back side. No, it doesn't. It rolls off the front side. The patent has it rolled off the back well, side. They're wrong. <laughs> they got the it wrong. The patent says so. Yeah, the patent guy got it wrong. He wrote wrong. Maybe he didn't know what he was talking about. According to my wife, is supposed to come off the back side because if it rolls off the front side, you don't see the spider hiding under the flap. A spider. <laughs> the spiders that live in the toilet spiders paper rolls. Spiders don't hang out in toilet paper rolls. Earwigs do. Uh, oh, <laughs> my wife hates those too. <laughs> well, get your bugs straight. I mean, come on. <laughs> spiders. <laughs> spiders don't hang out in toilet paper rolls. They hang out in the ceiling corners of bathrooms. Yeah. Earwigs hang out in the jump toilet paper. Yet. Oh my God. How do people not know this? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Weird inventions for the kayak that went nowhere. Number one, the paddle bow. So do you like kayaking? Do you like bow hunting? Why not mount a crossbow to your kayak paddle? Right in the middle. Yeah. So you're paddling along. Spoosh, 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 spoosh. <gasps> Look, there's a, a duck. whatever, a duck, seal, yeah. killer whale. Sperm whale, blue whale. A tanker ship? <laughs> a tanker ship. Well, stop paddling. Move one of your hands to grab the center, the of, center the of your paddle where your bow is mounted and take your shot. <laughs> so this thing, this <laughs> thing is, this? this is basically a crossbow mounted on a paddle. And if you look at the picture, anybody who's ever paddled a kayak is going to say, well, that's not going to work because the crossbow is, is protrudes off the paddle handle by about two feet or so. So it's going to make that paddle want to, the, the crossbow is going to constantly thunk down on your deck and it's, <laughs> it's just, it's not going to work. Not at all. You'd this have to have patent, a good grip was issued in 2010. Yes. So maybe it's just not hit the market yet. Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's... What would you like for Christmas? You know, I really wish they made a crossbow that would fit right on my kayak paddle. Because gosh darn it, that would be fabulous. I don't think that's going to happen. Because when I get road rage on the water, when, I, when, oh, yeah. when I'm trying to pass when those, another when kayaker. When I'm paddling and that guy that owns the land that I'm paddling across starts taking shots at me. Wow, Mr. Farmer. <laughs> Back at you. little Cowboys and Indians game going on there. The paddle bow allows its users to shift from the action of paddling their kayaks to the action of shooting an arrow in a quick and comfortable manner. Well, as long as they get the comfort going there, because you know. It's, it's, <laughs> number two. <laughs> the fact that I'm numbering them. Yes. Heated kayak canoe paddle shaft. Okay, I've okay, heard this, about this one. I could actually see. Yes, right? I've heard about this. I mean, when I, I drive motorcycles and I used to have. Yeah, heated the, grips. The heated grips, you know, right? Like for skiing, you have heated gloves, you have heated boots. Do you really? Yeah, you can get heated gloves, heated boots, heated vests. Really? Just a battery pack, yeah. I call that the chalet. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. But you know, if you're if you're at Tremblant or Whistler and it's a really cold day, like I've been skiing at Tremblant and it's like super cold, and you do one or two runs and then you gotta go inside because it's so cold. Mm -hmm. You know, because this the cold seeps through your boots. You know, and it's I don't know. It, well, I, and this I, makes you be able to stay longer. Yeah. So yeah. for the heated kayak canoe paddle. The heated paddle shaft is a heating device integrated into the shaft of the kayak or canoe paddle. Because they do have, apparently, for canoe paddles as well. Yeah. The pads are placed on the shaft to keep the operator's hands warm. A rechargeable lithium-ionized battery source is the charge for these pads. Mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah. Maybe this is hanging out with the crossbow. For me, when I'm paddling and I'm cold, I just paddle harder. 
It yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> and if you're so darn cold... Get off the water. Exactly. Yeah. Get off the water. Number three. The kayak deck rack assembly. <laughs> Luggage rack rails for your kayak. <laughs> Not to put your kayak on your car, but picture your car roof racks on, on a kayak. kayak. So that you can pile your luggage on there, like, the front and the back. You already have bungee cords to strap stuff down. Like, oh, that's like, not a like, roof rack, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you like like racking out like a, putting a fondue pot system in there? Maybe. Or like, like, what are you putting on there that you need a roof rack system for your kayak? Let's stack as much junk on top of your boat and make it as top heavy as possible. <laughs> Patent issued. 1993. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's still in the works. Back I to guess. the drawing board. Take 50. Well, let, let's be honest. Who's going to use that? Not me. <laughs> Number four. And I crap you not. Kayak paddle with a safety mirror. It's like a rear view mirror <laughs> in the middle of your kayak paddle. Because things are moving fast out there. Because, you know, when you're zipping down and you want to see if you're being chased by something. <laughs> you, you know what? I, I, we were talking about something last night. Actually, this might come in handy. So the English Channel, there's what, 600 boats or whatever traveling at any one time through the channel? Is that what you, you were talking about last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Olek... Do, Doba, Droba, Doba. Yeah. He's doing that cross the Atlantic row. Yes. By single, by himself. And he's going to keep and he's, the English he's, channel. He's past the channel. Yeah. And he's going up into, I think he's trying to hit the mainland, like yeah. France or Paris or something. So there's. But coming in and out through that channel. Pleasure boats, tankers, Every cargo type ships, of, of. Ferries. Boat known to mankind. Boats. And it is so packed. So this. He's going to get labeled, That dude man. needs a rear view mirror. He might need a rear view mirror hanging <laughs> off of that paddle, right? And what's coming up behind you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it, it is silly, but you know, I it's can see. It's silly, but yeah. I can yeah. see one person on the whole planet that might need it. Um, the patent description is priceless. Well, I didn't read this. A major problem in kayaking is the user must normally turn the kayak to some extent in order to view the area behind the user, which turning is difficult and time-consuming and also very dangerous in whitewater kayaking conditions. What? Also, a busy kayaker must... A user, user must generally keep both hands on the kayak paddle for control of the craft, which is quite tipsy in the water. So I guess with that big mirror in the middle, he just moves his paddle to the yeah. side. He can see what's behind him over his shoulder or they something. They mentioned whitewater. I, I don't know too many whitewater paddlers that are looking behind them. Behind them. them. <laughs> because who's chasing you down the whitewater? Exactly. Benny Hill theme music going on there, buddy. Okay. One, two, three, four. Number five. Number five to me is planned out a good idea. But, um, the breakaway kayak cockpit. Yeah. So basically, if, if you need to get out in a hurry, the whole, I guess, part of the deck just above your lap would break away so that you could pop out of the kayak, right? In an emergency yeah. situation, which is cool. However, when you're on land, that's fine. The problem with the deck of the kayak would... It would lose a lot of the structural integrity. Yes, you lose the integrity. Especially in a small whitewater kayak. I've, I think this one would probably be more along the line, like you'd have to, like on a touring kayak or something. Maybe, right? yeah. Yeah, not whitewater, but touring maybe. I've done whitewater kayaking and it's easy to get out. Once if once you're turned over and you can't roll up, you just, you, you basically gravity helps you fall right out of the bottom of the kayak, right? So you're you're upside down. You're in water. Your your butt just naturally falls right out, and your legs fall right up behind it. So it's it's uh, some people are, have concerns, and one of the first things they do, is, like on the course I took, and anybody that I've taught, is uh, is it's you need confidence that you can release from the from the kayak. They mm -hmm. do the same thing with the the whitewater canoe courses. They they right out the for, off the first day. They go. We don't proceed until everybody's tipped over and fallen out. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to have confidence that you can release. Yeah, that you're not going to get trapped in there, right? Yes. 
Uh, now they're saying because it's held in place with a rubber gasket on their shop floor or on the shoreline, whatever, that's all going to stay in place. But the stresses of actually paddling and out on the water itself is going to pop that bad yeah, boy I would right think out. So, yeah. You're going to have issues. Yeah. Patent filed back in 1985. Yeah, that's one of the oldest ones. Mm-hmm. Still, still waiting for it. Yeah. Because you know. <laughs> and the last but not least, and this one I could actually see. The emergency air system. So basically, it's if you're paddling and you flip over but can't flip back up, so you're mm-hmm. hanging upside down underwater, there's a tube that pulls out, picture a snorkel's mask, yeah. the, uh, the little snorkel yeah. thingy, that you can pull out and put in your mouth, and you're basically breathing the air that's in your kayak <laughs> while you're tipped upside down. Because <laughs> your kayak is filled with air, right? Well, honestly, like, why wouldn't you just bail out and... Swim, swim upside, bit. yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe because you, you can't. And what if you just pass gas inside your kayak? Oh, you're <laughs> sucking farts. <laughs> That's just gross. <laughs> so, you have to consider these things. Well, inventor got his patent back in 2004. Wow. Wild. That's wild, man. <laughs> Those are weird and wacky kayak inventions. How did you come inventions. across that list of things? Dude, I was just searching for stuff on kayaking. <laughs> dark I side just, of the, the dark, The dark side of kayaking. <laughs> We're talking religion. We're talking weirdos. <laughs> We're talking anything kayaking. Okay. So there's a relationship between canoeists and kayakers. It's, you know, everybody's paddling, right? But there's always this unspoken superiority that ki- canoes are better than kayakers. Yeah, it's mostly and... around the campfire having beers and stuff. Like, like I don't, I've never run across anybody that's too, you know, snobbish about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody, you joke about it. That everybody sort of jokes thing. about it. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of our kayaking episode, yes, <laughs> let's talk about the ten reasons kayaks are better than canoes. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, kayaks are easier for beginners to paddle solo. Easier? Yeah. Absolutely. It's. You think so? I think so. Like canoeing, it's. Uh, uh, okay. I've seen people kayak for the very first time, and you've got a blade on both sides. So there's no. You don't have to learn the J stroke the first day, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So a canoeist, like. I tell you right now, my wife's been, she's a good thing she doesn't listen to these episodes. So my wife's been canoeing with me for- If you're Derek's wife, (laughs) plug your ears now. (laughs) She's been paddling with me for uh, 15 years now. And uh, she still paddles the the bow because she can't do the stern. She can't do a J-stroke. And what it is, is it's going to take somebody other than her husband to teach her some of these paddle strokes because- she won't learn them from me. She uh, gets too stubborn. But you put her in a kayak and she can just go with a kayak. She can steer the kayak, make it go where she wants it. But she can't do that with a canoe. And it's... Uh... Okay, so we'll give them number one then. Yes, absolutely. All right. Yeah, you know what? I, absolutely. Like a, a a kayak is very intuitive to, to get it to steer around. Like it's... You can just fumble around and you can make that kayak go where you want it to. But not necessarily a canoe. Because a canoe, you're like... The, the, any wind loading, if there's any breezes or if there's any currents, it just s- switches and turns and spins yeah. and stuff like that, especially solo. Okay. Like you have to, you have to have a handle on your boat in any adverse conditions. If you're solo, you have to know what you're doing. You, you can't have a newbie in a canoe and, and have them be able to control a craft in adverse conditions. Well, this ties into number two. Kayaks are more maneuverable than canoes. Absolutely. That one I'll, I'll give you. Yeah. Number three, kayaks can keep gear drier than canoes. Uh, yeah, because you can have a spray skirt. You can have, uh, everything is packed away inside sealed compartments. So all your gear is packed away in the nose and the tail of the, of the kayak, right? So you have yeah. these waterproof covers. If you have a decent uh, sea kayak, then your, your hatch covers are waterproof. Or mostly water resistant. But you can have the skirts on the canoe and you can have your gear in yes. waterproof Yes, you're right. Packs. You're right. Eh, I think that one's a tie. Uh, for the most part, 
people in a kayak have a waterproof compartment. And for the most part, people in canoes Yeah, I guess I, not. yeah, yeah. In the kayak, you could yeah. put, you wouldn't need the waterproof. Yeah. Packs, for a canoe, right? you're, you're installing a spray cover yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Where like that, and that's something where a, somebody doing a whitewater expedition with a ton of gear is going to put on a spray cover, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a kayak, you just, you're always, you just, you, you're sealed. Yeah. You're, you're riding around in a Ziploc baggie. Kayaks will love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kayaks are faster. Two blades are better than one. I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking one person in a solo canoe, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like kayaks are long and streamlined. Canoes tend to be kind of a wide in the middle. They can drag more water. Yeah. It's harder to get it going. Yeah, I would say. And you're always fighting faster. with the person in front yeah. that doesn't know how to paddle. According to you. <laughs> Kayaks can handle rougher conditions than canoes. Absolutely. Which, yeah, I would fully agree with that one. You get some adverse conditions. You can surf with a kayak. You get some skills in it. Well, I've surfed with a canoe. Really? Yeah. And then we went down the trough. <laughs> and rolled. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. No, we went through the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one's definite. Uh, oh, this ties on with what I just said. Number six, kayaks won't take on water when waves come over the bow. There you or go. Or when you go through the next wave. Yeah. yeah, your sealed compartments, your spray skirt and stuff like that, you're going to be... And that that's when I used to live out west. Like, mm-hmm. get out there on the water in a rainstorm and stuff like that, and you got your rain jacket on, your spray skirt on. You're just kind of paddling along, and your face and your hands are getting wet, but it's it's so calm, you can hear the... The hiss of the rain on the water, I love it. I love paddling a kayak in the rain. Kayaks keep the paddler protected from the elements. Maybe from the waist down. Yeah, you need a good rain jacket if you're, you know. Either or. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I would have to agree. Like you, what, what if? Obviously, the 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 temperature inside the kayak is the water temperature, right? So yeah. unless you have a sunny day, then it starts to warm up inside. But or you had beans for lunch, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it would very well protect you from the elements yeah. because you're inside a compartment, right? Right. Kayaks are lighter to carry and easier to load on a roof rack. Um, I don't know about that one. Yeah, these days with the lightweight canoes and stuff like that. I mean, my one canoe is what thirty-two yeah. pounds. I suppose I can just pick that up with one hand and put you know it right what? on you, top of the roof rack. You take somebody who's experienced with kayaks and try and get them to load a canoe and they're going to say, oh, canoes are difficult. Yeah. You take somebody who's an expert loader of canoes and you give them a kayak and they're going to fumble it and dent the roof. It's It all comes with expertise, right? So, like, uh, I don't believe that kayaks are lighter to carry and I don't believe that they're easier to load. I think it depends on your expertise. Yeah, I'd, I'd call to. that one a tie. That That is a tie. That's, That's a definite it's what tie. you're used to. Yeah. Kayaks can include rudders to compensate for wind and currents. I've always wondered about doing something like that on a canoe. I was thinking, if I could bolt a rudder on the back well, of my Well, what canoe? happens if it's one of those flatback <laughs> canoes from the old days? Oh, there you go. That has a motor on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screw your rudder. <laughs> but the, uh, what is nice yeah, is. Yeah, they got if, the rudders with the foot pedals. If you've got a and... skeg or a rudder on a yeah. kayak, it is so nice to be able to, because that, that does a lot of your steering for you. You don't have to do a lot of corrections with your. Yeah, you're uh, just with your powering power. forward, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can compensate. It is nice. And number 10. <laughs> Kayaks allow the paddler to be closer to the water, which is a great feeling. It is, also allows you to roll into the water upside down, <laughs> yes, which doesn't absolutely. get you much closer to water absolutely. than that. <laughs> but now think about this. Now, I, I don't disagree with this. No, no. But I've had to oftentimes, if I'm coming up to a little bit of a swift water and I stand up in the canoe and take a look, it's like, oh, oh yeah. You can I see can, where I, to I go. I can paddle that. You're not going to stand up in a kayak. It's no. just not going to happen. No. Right? You're folding your legs inside that compartment just to get into the kayak. Yeah. I mean, if, I think this would be more along the lines of just flat water paddling, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what this one's yeah. talking about. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I'd give these nine out of tens. Yeah. That, that light to carry and easier to load when I've, I've got a. I'm at eight. I got to cry foul. I'm eight and a half out of ten in agreement over this list. Eight and a half? What was yeah. your half? The kayaks allow the paddlers to be closer to the water, which is a great feeling. 
Uh, I, I kind of mm. like being able to be higher, be up, higher up or be able to stand. It's just like driving the big truck when you're in the oh yeah down in the traffic. highway, being able to see every over top of everybody, as I, opposed to a little like Chevy Chevette. I love driving those U-Haul trucks. It's oh, like yeah. whoa, I'm the oh, big driving man today. my big Ford F one fifty. Get way up there with the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I if I need a ladder to get into my truck, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the 10 reasons kayaks are better than canoes. Another list, why do we love kayaking? And there's five of them here. Thank God it's a short list. <laughs> it's a short list. Number one, kayaks look cooler and have more style than canoes. I don't agree with that. I wouldn't say they look cooler, but they do have more style. Like uh, I've seen, you know what? You look at some of the design styles of canoes out there these days. Oh yeah, they're changing. It's changing. The tumble home and the like, the, like the asymmetric uh, designs and like canoes are uh, are they're they're a piece of work. They're a work mm-hmm. of art. Kayaks, any sea kayak that you've seen from 20, 30 years ago or today, they look the same. The only thing that really changes is maybe the bungee cords on the deck or the hatch cover design about to keep it a little bit more drier or, or cheaper or more expensive. It's, it's, there's not much difference. They, and that, that's from, of course, all the kayakers go out there. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I don't really know what I'm talking about (laughs) because I'm not a kayaker. I used to kayak when I lived out in BC, I kayaked for about five years, but it's, it's not. I don't know, kayaking isn't a big thing here in Ontario, or at least not that I'm used to seeing, unless you're out in Georgian Bay or something. Mm-hmm. Kayaks have more comfortable seats and backrests. Okay. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. Okay. But I could put a backrest in my canoe. I could put a lawn chair in mine. <laughs> <laughs> With a beer holder. Yes. Yeah. Beat that, buddy. <laughs> Kayakers, uh, kayaks track better. They go straight. <laughs> well, Yeah. If, yeah. If you've got a rudder. Yes, if yeah. you have a rudder. I call that cheating. I call my, that. <laughs> my canoe has a keel on it. Well, just a little nubby yeah, keel. Just a little nubby keel. It's, yeah. it's, it's not so good like on the Tim River in Algonquin Park because you're, you're struggling lake travel. to turn. Lake travel. Yeah. yeah. I can oh, my old one was like yeah. driving a canoe through Walmart. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, they should be saying kayaks with a rudder track better than canoes. Without a keel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you have to be specific. Specific here. people. <laughs> Kayaks are continually seeing new innovations each year. Well, yeah. Are I mean, they? look at the the Hobie with the pedals. Yes. Right. Things so like the, that. Yeah. So the. But yeah. I mean, kayaks are the only thing really changing about canoes. I should say are are materials are being made out of. Yeah. So it's lighter. Like mine's we basalt lo- Kevlar yes. fusion, right? So basalt. Yes rock crushed up and the powder yeah. put in with the, the Kevlar. And for and whitewater, we don't have Royal X anymore. We have T4Mex. Tough and, stuff. And tough stuff. Yeah. And so there's different designs. Yeah, there's yeah. new stuff in. doesn't matter what. There's new stuff coming out. Kayaks allow you to roll the boat and cool off without fear of losing gear. I saw a video the other day of guys, ro- like whitewater canoers, uh-huh. those little playboats. It's it's a short, stubby, round nose canoe, and they roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, seen, yeah. 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 I saw a video of two guys with a skirted whitewater canoe roll their canoe. Really? And come up the not, other side? Didn't just tip over to the side and then straighten back up? They tipped over upside down and came back up. But you're not going to do that a lot. These guys were just showing off, right? Yeah. This is not something. If you're on a river and you tip over, you're down. You're out. Or you're in the middle you're, of the lake, you're, or you're, you're out in out the Arctic Ocean. Exactly. Or... You're you're out. So like it's, it's very typical and understandable and I've done it myself. You roll in a kayak, but it was neat to see them do it in a canoe. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Although the playboats, I've seen it a lot in playboats, whitewater canoes, playboats. Right. That's very common for them. So that's what we know about kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> I do like kayaking. I'm you know not, what? Yeah. I'm I mean, I know a lot of people it. that are. And yeah. We just thought we'd have a little fun fun show here and you know like i dream of like like doing a a trip through georgia bay on a kayak and stuff like that it's like the the mean mean mike when we did our we circled around uh philip edward island in the canoes like we saw on the very first day we saw a couple go out to the point in a canoe but other than that we never saw another canoeist the entire trip it was all kayaks when we circled philip edward island wow there's a lot of kayaks out there yeah. A lot. But maybe it's, maybe it's just because they're too it's afraid a of, to learn to kayak, canoe. <laughs> Could be it. That's probably what it is. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online. Welcome back. Uh, Derek, we are short on time Way here short. Chatty cash. Yeah, I know, eh? Uh, so we were supposed to be talking about our five kayaking paddling destinations that we go to. So what we're going to do is we're going to name them now where we each like to go. And okay. then next week we'll actually go through these, why we want to go there, what's so great about them. Fair enough. So what are your five kayaking destinations? My top five. And unlike you, I stick close to home because I think of home. All right. So my, my, my top five places that I want to go and I, right off the bat, I'm going to start with some place I've already kayaked and that's va- around Vancouver Island and Sarturna Island and stuff. It's, it's, I love kayaking there. So from there, Queen Charter Islands, the Georgian Bay in Ontario, West Coast Newfoundland and the Magdalen Islands. Boring. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get fancy. Yes, yes. Let's get fancy. Glacier Bay, Alaska. Kadavu Island in Fiji. The Johnson Strait, British Columbia. Okay. All right. The Danube through Central Europe. And Lake Saima in Finland. Those are my five. And you'll hear why next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Past episodes, you can find on our episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find our episodes on iTunes, Player FM, and Google Play. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen, and you'll have to tune in next week to find out why we want to paddle where we paddle. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>